Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the new PFF NFL Daily. Here's a recent snippet from the PFF NFL podcast. Zach Wilson's going to take the, the slings and arrows that come in his direction. There was a lot of sort of talk about, you know, this defense playing out of its mind. They were just trying to stay alive so that Aaron Rodgers could complete this improbable comeback and, you know, right. take them to the promised land. Is the elephant in the room not – it doesn't matter if he's back or not. This offensive line is so bad he can't survive even if he comes back. No, I actually don't I, – I, I don't think that way. I, I now the offensive line has been bad. Okay, like Billy Turner was bad at right tackle last night. The the injuries and everything have kind of decimated this offensive line. I'm not trying to say that the offensive line is good, but with how good this defense is for the New York Jets, this is a team that's competing for the one seed in the playoffs if he's healthy. I I, I fully believe that that's the case. I looked it up earlier this morning. These are the numbers on the Jets defense eight games into the season. They are first in PFF defensive overall grade. They are first in coverage grade as a team. Sixth in run defense grade as a team. Second in total pressures. Fourth in pass rush win percentage. Sixth in total EPA per play allowed. This group, top to bottom, all three layers, completely elite. It is one of the best defenses in the NFL. And even if you even if you give Aaron Rodgers, a fully healthy Aaron Rodgers, of course, not right. him... him coming off of an Achilles injury as fast as he would need to to make a difference this season, it's kind of a different conversation. But if he never gets hurt, even if you give me the exact same offensive line performance that the Jets had last night, I think they probably win that game. Because there were plenty of moments where Zach Wilson had enough time to do something with the ball, and there were a handful of times where Zach Wilson did something good with the ball. Imagine how many more times that happens with Aaron Rodgers. Imagine how faster the ball comes out of his hands, where it goes exactly where it needs to go. You're completing drives. You're completing first downs. You're doing all that kinds of stuff. I really do believe that even with the Jets' offensive line woes, if Aaron Rodgers is this team's quarterback, they are in the conversation for the number one seed in the AFC or in in the AFC because the defense is just that good. And that was. That was that was my takeaway from last night after watching that team. Man, I don't know. I, I agree with you. <clears throat> I think their defense is incredible. I mean, you look at some of the numbers from their pass rush last night. They are insane. I mean, they had, what, five sacks? Four of them came on just four-man rushes. I think the fifth was a three-man rush. They, yeah. Jermaine Johnson, who would, was, you know, first-round pick a year ago, the third first-round pick was – sort of underwhelming as a rookie, more of a, a, a run defender than a pass rusher. I mean, he's really kicked on this year, led the team in pressures with nine. John Franklin Myers had eight. Bryce Huff had seven. Quinnen Williams had six. And then you got Will McDonald getting two pressures, including a sack, on six pass rushing snaps. Solomon Thomas getting two pressures, including a sack, on seven pass rushing snaps. I mean, their pass rush is insane. It's only using the front, se- the front four 
it's it's a dominant defense. And on, on the back end, you've got DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner playing amazingly. I agree. It's an incredible defense. But you go to the other side of the ball and that offensive line and – Billy Turner gave up 10 pressures. That's insane. Hey, it was, wasn't was a good night. Right. It was not a good night for him. Blake and Tomlinson gave up eight pressures. Max Mitchell gave up five. Mekhi Becton gave up five. Joe Tipman, the center, and centers tend not to give up pressure, gave up three. Like, I mean, okay, look, Aaron Rodgers lasted four snaps or whatever it was. It's difficult to get anything from that. But all of them, he was under pressure, right, in week one when they had a healthier offensive line. Sure, he was holding onto the ball. They were a quick game. It's not necessarily the offensive line's fault. But I feel like this offensive line is just is a terminal problem no matter who the quarterback is. Of course, Aaron Rodgers makes it look better than Zach Wilson. But I kind of feel that the, like, the, the sort of – the great hope that they've been pinning this season on is if we can just stay alive till like, you know, right. mid-December. Right. Rodgers rides in on his white horse and saves everything. I, I can't see how that works at the moment. I think that's, yeah. I think it's kind of two different conversations between if Rodgers never got hurt and if Rodgers is going to come back within four months from tearing his Achilles. Like, I think that those are two different things because Rodgers never getting hurt deals with pressure in the offensive line in a different way than him being on like 1.5 legs, you know, even if he comes back sometime in December to try to save the season. So I do think that's a little bit different of a conversation, but I really, uh, again, I, I understand where the offensive line is at. It's not good, but Rogers takes what Wilson has been able to do and multiplies it by a lot because of who he is and because of who Zach Wilson has been. And so even with the bad offensive line play, I don't think it's, I'm not saying that they would be contenders to win the Super Bowl, but win enough regular season games to where they're earning a high seed in the playoffs, potentially even the number one overall seed because of how well that defensive played. And if Aaron Rodgers could play pretty risk averse, then I think that they win a lot of damn football games in this regular season. That's why the injury sucks. I don't think the offensive line is good enough to where once the Jets were to get in the playoffs, whether it was the one seed or wherever else, you're going up against too many teams that are going to frustrate you in too many different ways where it would have held them back from the ultimate goal. But this team's absolutely 100% a playoff team. They're hosting a playoff game if Aaron Rodgers never gets healthy. And I really do believe that even with the offensive line like I saw it last night. So let me ask you one more question before we talk about the Chargers a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. The Jets, they played this quarterback thing slightly strangely this season because, okay, Rodgers goes down. You're stuck with Zach Wilson. There's very little you can do to fix that, right? We, you know, the, the talk was Kirk Cousins. The talk, like everyone had these sort of massive dreams of crazy things. But, like, Rodgers is still there. They expect him back, even if it's not this year, next year. You can't just go and get a new franchise quarterback midseason. You're kind of stuck with the situation you were. And yet it's clear to everybody that Zach Wilson is not going to be the guy there. He's probably not even going to be the guy that can keep this thing alive, you know, above water. And we just saw what happened when the Minnesota Vikings trade almost nothing to bring in Josh Dobbs within a week who goes out there and through scrambling and ad-libbing and just playing sandlot football, essentially, is able to win a game. Like, should the Jets have flipped a nothing pick to Arizona to bring in Josh Dobbs because that's a better option than Zach Wilson? Yeah, I think that the answer is yes, certainly in hindsight. 
I try to think about where the Jets were at when Rodgers got hurt, and not only were they shell-shocked, and I think that it is... It's all right to just to to accept that and kind of let understand how shell shocked they were going all in for Aaron Rodgers than him getting hurt on the fourth play of the game. I mean, I think that it was just a lot that they were trying to process during that time, especially since the season had immediately begun. Like it's not like they had the opportunity to get the guy in there for a couple of training camp practices and things like that. They had their hands full on the offensive line anyway, so they knew that it was going to be a little bit of an uphill climb, even if it was Rodgers behind that O line. So. When I try to put myself in a realistic seat of what the Jets were thinking about, I wonder if they wanted to play Wilson this entire year no matter what because of two reasons. One, they did not want to allocate any other draft picks or cap space to the quarterback position, which was normally a more costly one when when you talk about bringing somebody from the outside in. They didn't want to spend any more money in that regard because they didn't want to have to kick the can down the road anymore. And I also wonder if they wanted to increase Wilson's trade value. Like, I wonder if they wanted him to play this year, knowing that the defense is going to be good enough to win them a handful of games. And if Wilson played well, sure, maybe they make the playoffs as a wild card. I think that that probably would have been best-case scenario. But even if they didn't, if they got around 500 at the end of the year, would Wilson have played well enough to next offseason they say hey somebody give us a second round pick or a third round pick for this guy and to me maybe that was their plan because they were going to move on from him all along and that has clearly backfired and if you go out and you get another quarterback and you bench zach wilson at any point in time all of that is gone like all of that is out the window like no one is giving any sort of real draft compensation for Zach Wilson at this point. And you are then going to have to eat the fact that you took him number two overall and you got absolutely nothing for him in return. So I wonder if that was kind of where their mindset was. They didn't want to spend any money because they already had a lot of their cap kind of tied up in this current winning window with Aaron Rodgers. So they didn't want to do that anyways. But I wonder if they also just wanted to try to prop up Wilson's trade value as much as possible to maybe at the end of the day be able to say, see, we drafted him at second overall. It didn't work out, but at least we got like a third round pick back for him, and that's not so bad. And we had the Rodgers window, and everybody kind of forgets about it, anyways. To your original question, though, are there better options than Zach Wilson that were available for the Jets to go after? The answer is yes. That is just kind of my maybe devil's advocate trying to put myself in their shoes of why they didn't do that because it looks it looks bad now. There's no doubt about it. We're more than halfway through the NFL season, almost. That's what it tells me, though. That's what it tells me. Yeah. But DraftKings Sportsbook still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Bet on anything. 5 bucks. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener, a sweetener offer every single game this October. You can get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code PFF. So you can go check out Monday Night Football tonight. You got Niners. You got the Vikings. You can go do it right now. If you're a new customer, you can bet just $5 on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www. 
1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in ONT. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.com, sorry, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, I, I don't hate, I, I think they were in a tough, I mean, obviously they were in a tough spot, right? Rodgers goes down, that was the entire offseason was this project, the Aaron Rodgers thing. So I, they were screwed the moment that happened. I'm kind of right. fine with the idea of, look, we didn't want to do this, but Zach Wilson is our best option right now. I think it probably was. They they were in a similar spot. We talked about it. You couldn't. There was no magic bullet, no silver bullet here to fix all this. You just had to roll with it. Um, but I think there, you know, at some point between then and now, there was an obvious realization, and this kept coming up every week. Like Zach Wilson's not the guy, right? It's not going to work right. with him. Right. What are you going to do? And every step of the way, they've kind of been like, no, Zach, we're going to keep going with Zach. We're not bringing in competition. Like, we're not – Zach's the guy. But at some point, it's like, actually – because we're good enough. Like, we're good enough. To, even with Zach Wilson, we can skirt around 500 and be in the hunt if we just try and upgrade from him slightly, which doesn't mm-hmm. even cost that much money if you're – or, you know, draft picks with the Josh Dobbs type of deal. We could potentially be even better than that and – buy ourselves some breathing space and actually have a shot of this. I I feel like they've been so sort of stubbornly sticking with the Zach Wilson thing as if there were no other options and there was no possibility of upgrading that position and it's potentially cost them the season because yeah. they may end up being one or two games off where they need to be and the difference between the, those one or two games could be a Josh Dobbs over a Zach Wilson or whoever else might have been you know available. Yeah, clearly you look at it now, and it's very easy to say they made the wrong choice. And right. maybe they made the wrong choice all along. Like I said, I'm I'm trying to put myself in their shoes of why they wouldn't have done this. Because you could say to yourself, well, maybe they didn't really know that Josh Dobbs was that available because Josh Dobbs had just been starting for the Cardinals, and he'd been like fine for the Cardinals. Maybe they didn't know he was available. Well, if you didn't do that, then you weren't paying attention. Like, then right. you weren't actually keeping your ears to the ground for what you could hear going on around the rest of the league. So that's not really a good excuse. the The only two realistic excuses that I can come up with are the scenario that I painted, where they didn't want to spend any more money and they wanted to try to increase his trade value when it came to this offseason. Or maybe this guy looks really good in practice, and just when the games come on, he's just not good. And I don't know if that's the case or not, but to me, those are the only two realistic defenses as to why you did not go out and bring anyone else in at this point, because it's 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 hard to believe that there wasn't an upgrade. And Josh Dobbs is, I don't want to act like the Josh Dobbs thing was like, oh yeah, anybody could have had that. It's 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 a special thing what Josh Dobbs did this past weekend, and I think that it should be recognized that. So I don't want to say like, Oh, yeah, if the Jets would have brought in any quarterback, they would have been able to do what Josh Dobbs did. But it is pretty shocking that they haven't 
tried right harder to do that so because they won because Zach Wilson didn't play well because the Jets offense got nothing working uh, and because their defense was outstanding it's kind of going to fly under the radar that Justin Herbert had another not particularly good game and is now recording his worst ever PFF grade over a season right now he's at 74.4 for the year that's down three grading points over last year where remember he was playing with a busted rib for the majority of the year so Mm -hmm. Like, what is wrong with Justin Herbert right now? He's got a healthy rib, right? Yes. He, he's got a – if he busts the rib, then he – Oh, he you're saying that's right? what's that wrong with the, him? He's healthy? That was the, that was the correlation causation right. that I got right there, right? He does that's have a what, busted finger. I mean, you know, he's he's not healthy. He's There's something wrong with him, right? <laughs> no, I, it's just – I think it's just the, the, the Chargers overall right now. I, it's just not really taking that next step, and I don't know if it's – pressure mounting on the coaching staff and the expectations and all this kinds of stuff, but it just doesn't look crisp. Like it just doesn't look clean. I, I think that losing Mike Williams obviously hurts. Uh, Quinn Johnson, not being able to come in and fill that role the way he needs to definitely hurts. Uh, relying on Keenan Allen as much as they do week in and week out, given his age and how much I think that his athleticism has just overall kind of declined. It's kind of crazy that he continues to be without question, the top option on this team. So I, it just feels like a group that overall across the board is not playing to its potential. And Herbert is in on that. I'm not saying that he deserves all the blame. As we all know, quarterbacks get way too much of the praise. They get way too much of the blame. But it just feels as though this is an offense that is not clicking the way that it needs to. And the team has felt out of sync all year. When the offense is playing well, defense isn't playing well. When the defense is playing well, the offense isn't playing well. And it got them a win last night against a putrid offense that they went up against. But you take away that special team score that they got early in the game, and not a ton of things went right, right. for the Chargers. So It's funny. You look at their passing, just the target numbers, much as Peyton Manning wants to eliminate targets as a stat. Um Keenan Allen. Wait, does he? Yeah, he hates it. Why? He thinks it's the root cause of all wide receiver drama, essentially, is as soon as we start tracking how often the ball is going towards certain receivers, that's where every wide receiver now is focused on, where are my targets? Give me the ball. So Peyton Manning wants to eliminate targets as as a concept. Doesn't want to track it. When did we start tracking targets? I don't know. Because I feel like I feel like wide receivers have been demanding that you get the ball in their hands oh, before have. we started tracking yes. targets. Right. I mean, I, I, this is very – I don't know that there were available, readily available target numbers before PFF existed, so probably the early 2000s. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Um, anyway, getting back to where I was going, Keenan Allen had nine targets. Nobody else had more than five, and that was Austin Eckler. And then after Eckler right. – Quentin Johnson had three, and then there's a bunch of people with two or one. I mean, this was an offense that was like, get Keenan out on the ball. If Keenan's not open, we're going to dump it off right. to Eckler. And if neither of those two things is happening, we're dead. The, the, the play is done. Like, we're, we're toast. That's not going to work. I agree completely. And I, I think this stinks for Quentin Johnson – because this this should have been his opportunity, right? There's too many other really good young receivers around the NFL who are able to contribute 
when their number has been called in their rookie season and not just this year like it's it's every single year when you get picked in the first round okay yeah not every player is the same i'll be the first one to tell you that like sometimes guys just take a little bit longer you know sometimes they're year two year three breakout candidates but receiver it gets particularly hard because there are so many examples of receivers who are able to play really well early on in their nfl careers that it's tough to see johnston not only not kind of crack the lineup more than you wanted to at the beginning of the year but now there are targets to be had like now there is a major opportunity there is a void that needs to be filled and it feels like they're just not going his way and i think i was on this show i don't remember if it was last week or the week before i watched a lot of quinn johnson snaps i went back and i watched it because i was like man why aren't they getting this guy the ball he's playing fine like he's i think he's playing fine they just don't really trust him like there's not a lot of plays that are designed for him right the ones that are are pretty simple stuff like it's drag concepts it's it's things that are very easy to get the ball in his hands when he is running those vertical routes it's very clear that they just don't want to look his way or don't make him a primary and i wonder if that's because he's not having a lot of success in those areas in practice and so okay he's running these routes and i think that all right maybe he's running it with good speed he's getting leverage he's even with a player you can go throw them the ball you can give him a 50 50 chance but there's just not a lot of that in the offense so i wonder why that's the case i mean i will say you know yesterday in particular the 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 jets were basically matching him up one-on-one with sauce gardner at which point i mean it makes sense that he's not going to get much joy right like Gardner is not only one of the best corners in the NFL, but is also the exact perfect body type to shut down a receiver like Quentin Johnson. Like, if you were building a a corner in a lab to stop Quentin Johnston, it would look like Sauce Gardner. And the Jets already have one of those, so they just deployed him on Johnston and said, game over. And, you know, I think the very first – was it the first pass or one of the first – uh, passing plays of the game for the Chargers was like a shot at Sauce Gardner, you know, Quentin Johnson, no shot, like blanketed, shut down, right. Sauce breaks it up, and you're like, all right, that's probably <laughs> probably not do too much of that for the rest of the game, and they didn't. Um, the other thing, so as much as the Jets' pass rush is amazing, correspondingly the Chargers' offensive line kind of got its ass kicked. I can't remember too many games where Rashawn Slater has given up eight pressures uh, but on the other side that, of the ball, the, I just want to say before we get to the other side of the ball, that play that you referenced earlier, where Jermaine Johnson got the sack on a three-man rush, hmm. he got he. I think that he did get that full sack. But if you go watch that play, Bryce Huff goes straight into Rayshon Slater's chest and pu- sled pushes him back three full yards. Yeah, like that is a that was a catalyst for that sack because I was so when I saw that play, I was like. That can't be Rayshon Slater. Somebody else has got to be in the game. And uh, it was. I was so, yeah. That, the Chargers offensive line also did not play well. But no. the Jets defense. Yeah, I mean, the Jets defensive line absolutely destroyed them. But we'd been kind of critical of the Chargers defensive pass rush for a while. Mm-hmm. And they really showed up. I mean, Khalil Mack had nine pressures. Uh, Joey Bosa had another phenomenal game. Um, Tuli Tui Peloto had a great game. They had a bunch of other guys get chip in with four or five pressures as well. Like, both pass rushes were amazing. Obviously, the difference being that the Chargers' pass rush was going up against this bad Jets offensive line, so it made more sense for that to happen. Yeah, but you – I mean, you got to see it from Bosa, right? I think 
you and I have talked about it before on this show that Bosa looked like a shell of himself right um, through the first half of the season. And last two weeks, uh, he's had five total pressures, six total pressures, 23.8 pass rush win percentage, 25% pass rush win percentage. So, um, yeah, I, you're going up against two of the lower tier offensive lines in the NFL, in the Bears and the Jets in those back-to-back weeks. He's been playing well, but the sign of a guy being truly cooked is when you have those matchups and you can't perform that way. So at least Bose is showing that he is not completely cooked because when those favorable opportunities are showing up, he is capitalizing on that. Now you want to see him as what we've believed for a while is one of the better long pass rushes in the NFL. You got to do it against some of the better offensive tackles in the NFL. So that's kind of to be seen, but at least it's nice to see him dominate the teams that he should dominate. <laughs> 